This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. I'm Liz, the Chief Mom Officer, and when I'm not busy being the breadwinner of my family of five, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Good news! Today is the last day of winter, and to get ready for spring, we're marching in like a lion to today's podcast. Help us welcome coach and consultant for Emmy and Academy Award winners, Derek Rydell. In headlines, what are some strategies you should think about when approaching retirement? We'll tackle those. Plus, we're throwing out the Haven Lifeline to a caller calling out Joe. That's always fun. Answering your letters and saying a final goodbye to Snow with one last dose of my amazing trivia. And now, two guys who think spring and immediately get out the baseball gloves. Say it with me now, kids. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. Mine's already out, man. Let's go. Let's go. I'm all about the bunt singles. <laughs> like in Major League, where he's like, he's calling a shot, going, I'm going to hit way over here. Psych. Dink. Dink. Welcome to the show where every episode's a bunt single. My name's Joe Salci. Hi, I'm Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, our amazing backup catcher, the one That's and only. 643 double play. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying things that I hear on TV. I must so, be in the front row. I don't know what that. Uh, I don't know what half that stuff means. Actually, I do know what. Uh, My son Nick was saying this to me the other day. I, he and I were playing hockey on the Xbox together. We were both the Detroit Red Wings, and we made it to the Stanley Cup. And in game one of the Stanley Cup, he passes me this great pass. I go back for the slap shot, and I just like 
fired into the crowd, like way, <laughs> way, way left. And, just like you would in real life. Yes. And Nick looks at me and goes, just a bit outside. <laughs> it's like when you see all those things, we just finished the Olympics, of course, and now the basketball tournament's on. And one of the things I saw on, on Twitter was there should always be a regular person competing when you watch these competitions. Just to know, show the runners. difference, right? You know, like, so the NFL combine was on and these guys are running like, you're like, oh, that guy wasn't very fast. He only ran a four four seven forty. You're like, he was way slower than the other guys. Yeah. And you wanted to see like some 40 year old dude out there trucking. <laughs> Six, eight. It looks like Larry just finished his donut. Now he lines up for the 40. Right. Uh, we are way off track. Now let's get back on track because if you have debt, uh, you're going to thank me for thanking Upstart for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Upstart's changed the way we borrow money. Going beyond the traditional FICO score, Upstart offers personal loans, taking into account factors like your job experience and your education when determining your interest rate. Head to upstart.com slash SB to find out how low your Upstart rate can go. Can you go? It's like the limbo. Can you go? The limbo. It's like spring break. Checking your rate only takes two minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash SB. Disclaimer loans are offered by Cross River Bank and New Jersey State Charter Commercial Bank. They don't need me to we do that. Totally I totally have to get the Micro Machines guy for this. We got to do that. Restrictions apply for details. Visit upstart.com slash SB. Uh, you have choices, OG, when it comes to online investing tools, but most of those are compromised. Self-directed brokerage offer customization, but hit you with commissions. It can be clunky and unintuitive. More passive investors now move toward automated brokerages that allow you to easily invest in a portfolio they manage for you, but then you hand over the keys to the car and trust some black box of software, and you can't really personalize it with that option. So why compromise? With M1 Finance, you don't have to. It's what I use for my money. There's my disclaimer. They offer a balanced solution like nothing I've ever seen before. Set up a personalized portfolio perfectly tailored to your needs and your own investing goals, and then that portfolio is automatically managed by their advanced technology. Better yet, it's free with a capital F-R-E-E. Check out M1 Finance today on the web at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M, the number one finance now, and use the code stackingbenjamins or find it in the Apple or Android app stores. M1 Finance, be invested. We've got a great show. Derek Rydell, changing our frame of reference, OG, everybody's looking for the keys to wealth outside of themselves. Derek Rydell is going to show you how to look the other way. Time to get some abundance in our life, and Derek's bringing it to us. But first, we got headlines, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first headline today comes to us from Tim Parker, our last two headlines of winter. Thank goodness. Uh, Hallelujah. Financial strategies as you approach retirement. I thought we'd talk through these. They say time flies when you're having fun, but that's also true when saving for retirement. In your 30s, retirement felt like a lifetime away, but you'll celebrate your 50th birthday before you know it. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, huh? Should, that one hits close to home. I was going to say, shouldn't that be before you knew it? And by then, you needed a healthy nest egg to retire comfortably in 15 to 20 years. But what if your balance is a little lean? What if your dream is to travel or spend time with the grandkids instead of work? There's still plenty of time to save. So he says... He's got a few of these, OG. I thought we'd talk through these strategies as you get close to retirement. Number one, get rid of your debt before retirement. I think that depends on how close to the the mark you really are. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to get rid of uh, consumer debt, right? Cars and uh, and credit cards. 
the house, if you can time it out so that you don't have a house payment as you get into retirement, that's certainly going to help quite a bit. But I've known lots of people who have retired with no house payment and no money. Yeah. So you got to, that's a, that's, that's a trade-off you got to do the math on. But if you can, I'm with him. If you have enough money to live the rest of your life and get rid of that debt, get rid of that oh, debt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Number two, it says tighten your belt. You have to spend less to gain more. One of the best ways is to downsize. Once again, not a strategy I like unless you really have to. Well, one of the common themes that I've observed in terms of people who are excelling toward financial independence and those that are kind of always playing catch up is that value of their home. You know, if they've always stretched for the house value, then all of those other things that go into purchasing that larger house compound and make it that much more difficult to save. So if you get to that point where in your early 50s and now the kids might be kind of on their way out or already on their way out in toward uh, college and beyond, maybe it is a great time to tear the Band-Aid off and see about uh, – downsizing a little bit. Number three here, I really like make catch up contributions. I think people forget mm, that you turn, up. you turn 50 and you can now put sock a lot more money away than you could 49 and before. Yeah. And it's the year you turn 50. So even if you don't turn 50 until December 31st, you know, that whole year counts. So take full advantage of that. You know, and this is the part, by the way, where I think uh, we've got our 20 year olds listening and some 30 year olds listening that are falling asleep. But here's the deal. If people are making catch-up contributions, they're making contributions, OG, The people in their 20s and 30s can have interest make for them. You know what I mean? My goal, if I'm in my 20s listening to this or 30s listening to this, is to never have to make a catch-up contribution, that I've I've had my money make enough money that I don't have to worry about it. Well, you've seen those things before, right? Save $100 a month from when you're 18 to 28 versus saving $500 a month from 28 till 68. Yeah. And the guy that started at 18 has more money. Number four is is up your risk. A lot of people- Your? Up your risk. <laughs> a lot, a lot I'm of- to say that in my next client meeting. Hey, Joe, <laughs> up your risk. risk. Yeah, but 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 you, you, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but you talk all the time about how people land the airplane quicker than they probably need to. Well, I mean, here's the deal. When it comes to tolerance for volatility, which is what they're talking about here with, with the terminology of risk, you just have to look at the reality of the time horizon. You know, if you're 50, your time horizon isn't 15 years. It's 50 years. And sure, you need some 15-year money. But you also need 20-year money and 30-year money and 40-year money and 50-year money also. And so the vast majority of your money, even if you're you know, a month away from retirement, is still longer term. So if you think about it that way and can structure it, put it in buckets or open up different accounts, there's no rule against the number of IRA accounts you can have. You know, If it makes you sleep better to say, this is my one to five-year money and this is my five to 10-year money and this is my 10-year plus money, uh, do it that way. Number five uh, frustrates me on this, and I think we'll, we'll. I'll just go quickly through these after this. But number five, I want to spend just a minute on, because in the piece it says consider long-term care insurance. I read a well-meaning financial blogger in his 30s on Twitter uh, just last week say long-term care insurance is a waste of money, and I can't stand it when people who haven't done the actual math. And just, you know, insurance sucks. I want to make sure that I stay away from insurance. Uh, hey, this is just a, a huge waste of money. Well, you know what? Going into a long-term care facility is a waste of money. Having a nurse come to your house is a waste of money. But how? 
How else do you propose that there's, there, there's no cheap way out of this. And you certainly have to consider, I'm not saying get long-term care OG, but I'm saying that you need to consider long-term care. You have to have a plan for if it happens, right? So all insurance is based on probability and magnitude. We've seen the studies. What are the chances of a couple age 65, one of them needing assisted care later on life? The answer is one in two. So one of those two people will need assisted care. Now that's going to range, right? That might be someone coming to the house every couple of days to make sure grandma takes her pills or it might be, you know, sitting in a, in a nursing home facility for six years. But either way, you've got it. You know, you can't put your head in the sand and say it's just not going to happen because statistically it's going to. It's so frustrating. And of course, you know, the, the crusty old man of me was coming out. I'm like, oh, I got to fight this guy online because everybody wins when you do that, right? Yes. Uh, well, that's <laughs> evidenced by everybody else on Twitter right. fighting. It's, <laughs> there's clear winners always. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, no, your idea sucks. No, <laughs> your idea is the suckiest suck that ever sucked. Uh, so I didn't... Lock. I, I didn't fight that battle except here on on our own. See, you have to you have terms. to plan for it, and you have to acknowledge that it's a that it's a real risk. It's no different than saying, "I don't need to have car insurance because I'm not I'm going to drive really safe." Right. You know, it's like good analogy. Okay. Number six, understand Social Security. Number seven, consolidate accounts. I'll link to that on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Our second piece uh, comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. This one is written by uh, Michael Pollack says, if market volatility's back, are you ready? Here's what fund investors can do to prepare for sharp market moves ahead. Have there been uh, sharp market moves? Uh, yeah, maybe. Michael says, the stocks rebounded from a scary uh, February slide. The up and down may be foreshadowing a new, more volatile period for markets. Advisors say there's no reason to abandon a long-term investing strategy because of a bout of turbulence when stocks drop 10% in 10 trading days in early February. But they also say it's a good time for investors to review how their strategy performed. The process can shed light on how a portfolio might behave in an even deeper downturn. I like that idea because I think a lot of people, when they see the market go down, they see themselves go down. They don't compare themselves to see, okay, the market goes down. How's my portfolio going to respond in that type of environment? Yeah, if you just look at the headline numbers, right? Stock market down 10% in 10 trading days, and you don't compare that against how, how your portfolio has done, then you don't have any perspective, right? You don't have the reality of here's what really happened. Statistically, the stock market has ups and downs to the tune of about 14.5% a year. So a 10% decline, is, <laughs> although as unnerving as it was in 10 trading days, uh, is kind of kind of normal. I like this, uh, but halfway down the piece, it says, understand the downside of downside protection. I think a lot of people go, Ooh, I've got exchange traded funds, so I can put stop losses on my stuff, which I sometimes like if you're the right type of investor, but stop loss, every downside protection OG has big problems affiliated with it. Well, whether it's stop losses or, um, you know, investments that profit when the market goes down or investments that have my favorite are the ones that have the term managed volatility and managed which, volatility, which uh, is a euphemism for we're not going to do as good during good times. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to be OK with that. Right. Um, but I mean, everything's going to have another end of the stick. It's like if you put a stop loss order and there's high volatility, you might get traded out at, you know, minus five percent. Right. Which, by the way, is 
so routine that's not even worth keeping track of how many times the market goes down 5%. But if that's your number and now rebounds 5% a day or two later and you didn't happen to catch it, right? I mean, that's the problem with trying to time this stuff and day trade in some respects is that you've got to be right twice. You might you might have got out at the minus 5 and then it went down 10. But if you didn't buy back in at minus 10, you know, yeah, what do you got? Nothing. Or you get you know, wash sale rules and that sort of thing. There's a, it's always interesting to know how many people don't even know what that means. Right. It's like, well, but I got a loss there, but you can't rebuy it within 30 days. So now you have to wait. You have you know, to, so. yeah. If the market just does a knife and comes roaring right back, you're screwed sitting on the sidelines. Yep. That happened with the Brexit fallout. Not that, yeah, not that glorious. long ago. Prepare to bargain shop is the next issue here. Do you like that one? Trying yes. to accelerate during the downturn? You know, it's not timing. It's just taking advantage of opportunities, right? And it's certainly not trying to call the bottom. But for example, for us, it made a lot of sense for people that were considering doing their IRA contributions or Roth contributions for the year. You know, January was so hot. It was, you know, everything was going up. Your dollar cost averaging, everything's great. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're down 10%. It's like, oh, well, I don't know if it's going to be down 20% tomorrow, but it's down 10 right now. It's already on sale. Maybe we'll just put all the contributions in today and just be done with it. But, but man, you know, you look at some of these extended downturns like 2000 to 2002, you, you got to have a lot of fortitude, I guess, to do that, OG. Well, in terms of in terms of purchasing when it's down, you mean? Yeah. In terms oh, of going, yeah. you know, because at some point... At some point, you start thinking that famous quote: "Am I throwing good money after bad?" Right? Or, or the and the I call worst it one ever. Right? The uh, this time is different. Right. Right. This is the one that the market never comes back from. It is absolutely done for good this time, and I just wasted all my cash. Yeah, boy, that's tough. Uh, I will uh, link to these at uh, our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. I think our lessons are, number one, how's market volatility going to look for you? What is your strategy if uh, this bouncy market we've been in continues? And then number two, bouncy is like the nicest term I've heard. I'm not hearing anybody in the financial press call it bouncy like we are, right? It's Everything's crashing. Everything is horrible. Everything is rotten. Next time, next time the market's down a whole bunch, I have a cartoon we can put on the Facebook page that I, uh, that I had somebody make for us. But if the market's bouncing, what's your strategy? And then number two is uh, whether you're getting ready to approach retirement or not, uh, time to look at your strategy for how are you going to land that plane? So excited to have this guy with us. Derek Rydall is a prominent life coach and consultant for Emmy and Academy Award winners, Fortune 500 executives, and revolutionary leaders in business, spirituality, and the healing arts. I'll tell you, a lot of people look for, and you see this all the time, all over, especially in finance, OG. Remember when the Bitcoin thing was really going strong? Remember like a couple months ago? When, when Bitcoin oh, yeah. was the rage. I remember it. Yeah. I also yeah. remember the other side of that when Bitcoin wasn't going so strong. Yeah, yeah, like maybe... maybe I, I uh, remember it very intimately. Right. Maybe since then. Everybody's looking for the next, next hot thing, and they're looking outside of themselves. And Derek Rydell, I think, has an important message that maybe... Maybe that abundance you're looking for, all those riches you're looking for, maybe you're looking in the wrong place. And he'll explain uh, what I mean. Derek Redell coming down to the basement. 
Derek Rydell, have a seat, man. How are you? I am doing awesome. I'm really, really doing great, man. It's a good day. I revised my definition of success. It's just two words, above ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you about that because in your book, you talk a lot about your wife's situation at the beginning of the book, but you in the back flap, in the beginning, there's places in your book where you talk about your brush with death, but we never hear about it. And so that's what I want to talk about first. What happened in your brush with death? Yeah, so uh, I do talk about that in my other book, Emergence, where um, basically, you know, like so many people, I spent a lot of years in self-improvement. After over a decade of self-improvement, the only thing I had improved was my ability to describe why my life was so screwed up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I could, uh, after all that time on the couch or whatever, I could tell you, you know, well, it was when I was 10 and my dad looked at my report card and saw all A's and one B and said, what's with the B, son? You know, and my whole life from there, I could tell you the trajectory. But, but I hadn't really grown or really transformed, in fact, all this effort to improve myself and heal my past and achieve success was killing me. And I got addicted to drugs and alcohol and eventually almost died of an overdose. And I remember lying in the emergency room with that IV snaking out of my arm and waking up to the beep of the machine and the doctor leaning down and saying, you're lucky to be alive. And I remember thinking in that moment, I, I couldn't even do that right. I couldn't even you know, get out of this world successfully. I was that, that low. And I remember thinking, how did I, all of my efforts to achieve and improve, get me there? And instead of it, that being like the turning point, though, you think that's the turning point in the movie where the guy like gets out there and, you know, suits up with his sweatsuit, runs, you know, up the steps and decides to make a new decision. I just figured I hadn't worked strong enough or hard enough or smart enough or attracted big enough or whatever. So I redoubled my efforts and I dug in again. A few months later, I was doing a film in Jamaica as an actor, and everything fell apart again. The director was fired. I had a messy breakup on set romance, and they were firing off the cast, and I was probably going to be next. And I ended up going out diving in a reef all alone, first mistake. And I prayed to get lost from everything above, which was my second mistake, because clearly I have some powerful prayers. And... Uh, very soon within that dive in this reef, I got lost and I got trapped and I got stuck in a pocket of giant spiked coral that looked like something out of a, you know, an underwater booby trap tomb out of an Indiana Jones movie. I was in a, it was a tight pocket, like not like twice my size with the walls covered in fire coral. One touch was like a thousand jellyfish stings. The spikes were inches from my throat, my stomach, my neck, all the way down my body. So I couldn't swim down to get out. I couldn't lift my head out of water to see where I was or I would have been skewered. And I couldn't even breathe deeply. I had to breathe in these short staccato breaths or I would have been punctured. At some point, it was getting dark. There were sand sharks swimming below me. At a certain point in that thing, I knew I wasn't going to make it out. And it's hard for people to understand that. What do you mean you knew you weren't going to make it out? Clearly, you made it. I was exhausted. I was done. And there was this internal like sense of doom. Like I knew I was going to drown. And all that was left for me was surrender. And it wasn't, God, if you get me out of this, I promise to go to church on Sunday. Right? You know, that right, kind of thing, right. right? I had already tried that, believe it, believe it or not, <laughs> honestly. And the universe was not playing let's make a deal that day. And also it was really, truly the first time in my life I had a moment of unconditional surrender. And in that instant, it was like a flash 
And I saw that this self I've been trying to fix and achieve and improve and heal was a fictional character. He was just an amalgamation of peer pressure and parental fantasy and societal conditioning. And nothing I ever did or ever would do would ever make him enough. But because he was just a character. But around him, there was this awareness of this other version of me, this other self that had never been hurt. And so he didn't have to be fixed. And he was already complete. And so he couldn't actually be improved upon. And now, mind you, this is, I didn't have any of these words for it. It was just this like awareness. And then the next instant, I was out of the pocket of coral, standing on the one area that I could stand, looking in where I had been trapped for this ordeal. And the exit was inches from me the whole time. I just couldn't see it. I didn't know how I got out for sure. I remember kind of moving and then the next minute I was, boom, I was out. So I don't know if the water lifted me up or a wave came or, you know, I really don't honestly don't know. But everything was shimmering and the whole coral reef became a metaphor. It was like a maze that I've been swimming through all my life, following all these brightly colored objects, trying to get lost and distract myself from the pain I'd actually been feeling. It was a metaphor and I was now literally experiencing it and I had been gasping for air for a really long time. And now I just got to experience it in 3D. But I got out of there and something had so radically shifted in me. You know, Humpty Dumpty had fallen off the wall and I couldn't put him back together again. And so I couldn't go back. The guy that swam out of that reef was not the guy that swam in. But I didn't know what the guy that swam out was anymore. I didn't know who I was anymore. The, my point of view had shifted so dramatically, you know, that self-indulgent actor <laughs> was not the same guy. Now I was just a self-indulgent, confused person. And I ended up trying to become a monk. That didn't go so well. I actually, a week into my monastic adventures, I got, of, of fasting and silence, I got so hungry and so freaked out by not talking for the first time in my life that, that I literally, as you can see, I have no problem talking. So you imagine me not talking for a week. Um, I ended up breaking into the monk's kitchen in the middle of the night and stealing food out of the refrigerator. That tends not to go well. That doesn't tend to go well. You know, that might be, you know, you know that old thing, you know. If you like to, you know, put sheepskins over your front seats, you might be a redneck. Right. So it's like if you break into the monk's kitchen and steal food in the middle of the night, you might not be a monk. Maybe um, not. You know, you might, you might be, I don't know, you might be a redneck. I don't know, you might be certainly not for that life. And so I ended up leaving the monastery. And eventually I did learn to be silent and to fast and do all those techniques and do it for long periods. But I wasn't supposed to be in a, in a monastery and I cloistered myself in my apartment instead and went on this inner journey for the next few years. And that's when I really started to understand what had happened to me. And, uh, and we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, today. But the basic, in a, in a nutshell or really in an acorn shell, I discovered that everything is already in us, that just like in nature – the oak is already in the acorn. The acorn doesn't go out and find an oak, achieve an oak, improve itself into an oak, or become worthy of its oakhood. When the conditions in the soil are in harmony or in integrity or congruent with the pattern already in the seed, its potential naturally emerges. So this is how all of nature is. It, it's emergent. And then I realized scientifically, quantum physics-wise, same thing. Everything is emerging out of the quantum field, or you look at the Big Bang, there was nothing, and then everything emerged. And so I realized life is emergent. 
and that all of my efforts to go get it, achieve it, attract it, make it happen was creating most of the resistance to a process that was trying to happen naturally. In fact, most of my efforts were creating the opposite conditions. They were, they were taking me out of integrity with who I really was, if that makes sense. So when I began to apply what was coming through and what I was seeing, just bring myself and my life into harmony with this seed that was already planted in me. First, I had to discover what that seed was. I noticed things began to blossom. Things began to unfold without struggle, without effort, and often better than I had imagined. And I went from being broke and literally broken, living in a one-room apartment, eating 19 cents boxes of mac and cheese, which the good news, and there's always a silver lining, I got really, really good at mac and cheese. <laughs> right? It's you like Forrest gore- Gump, you know, Bob were- Gump, you know, it's like, it's like Cajun mac and cheese, popcorn mac and cheese. You know, I could do it all. And um, I impressed a few girls with my mac and cheese. That's all I'm saying. Mad skills, so, right? Right? So there's, there's good in everything. That's all I'm saying. That's the message here. But ultimately, I went on from that to, you know, my life just unfolding and exploding and, you know, traveling the world and million dollar homes and building a seven figure business and all these things I've been struggling for. Not that there wasn't challenge, plenty of challenge and growth, but there was now a natural way I was beginning to discover, oh, this is how we're supposed to grow and unfold. And my life just continued to progress and ascend from there versus before it was like I had been trying to dig myself out of a hole and the more I dug, the deeper in the hole I got. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel this. Sense? No, absolutely. I feel this all around me, Derek. It feels like, you know, your book's about abundance. And as you know, a lot of people don't feel that abundance. And I even feel like with our podcast, you know, we talk about eight different topics on every show. And I have to decide on a title for each show, right? And depending on right. how clickbaity the title is for each of our episodes, like some of the more clickbait, and I don't mean to be them for them to be clickbait. They just, they have these sexier titles than others. Like you can feel this thing where people are looking for this magic that I'm never going to be able to provide them. Somebody else isn't going to be able to provide them, but we're all looking externally for this shortcut to abundance that just isn't there. Yes, exactly, man. I mean, you just said, and I just got chills because you really just said in a nutshell, again, an acorn shell or whatever, you just said what I call the great reversal, which is we've been conditioned and taught that we showed up here as empty shells and we have to go out and find what belongs in our shell and then get it. And then we'll be enough, good enough and feel safe enough and worthy enough or whatever. And we've been conditioned that the source of whatever it is we want and need is out there somewhere. And it's exactly the opposite of that. I mean, exactly the opposite. Not only is the source of what we need not out there, it's not out there at all. And that doesn't mean it doesn't show up, things don't show up in our lives, but even if it comes from someone, it's actually coming from us, but it's coming through them as a channel. And I talk about that more in the book, but all the great philosophers, the really, the the more mystical or enlightened period of philosophers, or the great, at the essence of the great religious teachings, not the dogma and the doctrine and all that, and cultural idioms and things that we don't even understand, but at essence, they're all saying one fundamental thing, Everything you need is already in you. You didn't come to this world to get anything. You came to this world to give something, to let something, to release something. Which is so powerful and so much more fun, I think. 
Oh yeah. Once you get, well, it's like the thing, the, the truth will set you free, but at first it'll piss you off. Right. Right. right? right? So it's like, <laughs> what do you mean it's within me? What kind of BS is that? I've been working my butt off for all these years trying to go get up that ladder and get the right person yeah. and get the right thing. And finally have the right car and the right house to finally say, okay. I'm, and you're telling me all along it's been within me. And it's true. It's like this one uh, joke, uh, a parable where this guy is outside in the dark and he's searching in these bushes for something and a neighbor comes along and he's searching under a, a street lamp. It's like, what happens? Like, oh, I lost my key. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, he starts helping them. They're looking, looking, looking. An hour goes by and he's like, man, where did you lose it? He's like, well, I lost it inside the house, but the light's much better out here. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, so it's hard. It's hard, people. It's hard to really finally get in touch with who we really are and the real source or locus of power within us, our true agency, it's within us and it is the power and the substance and the intelligence of everything we could ever want to be, do, have and create. But it's not easy, especially because we have been conditioned exactly the opposite. You know, when you've, you grew up in the dark, eventually your eyes adjust, you learn to get around the room and somebody turns the light on, you don't go, oh, thank you. You go, shut that damn thing off. It's burning my eyes. Our senses, our capacities haven't been really developed to be able to see clearly in the dark right. within us, right? And so that's why it's hard. But it's way harder, let's be honest, ultimately, to struggle and strive and fight and die believing that we're these puny little people separate from everything we really want and we have to twist ourselves into a pretzel to get what we want and hoard and hold on because we're afraid we're going to lose what we have. That's way harder. Well, so we don't have time to walk through the whole, obviously there's so much here in the abundance project, but you're telling me that it's a complete reversal and, and yeah. it's a struggle at the start. What's the first move that I need to make then Derek to begin down the road of abundance, to begin the abundance project? Yeah, and by the way, I'm not saying it's hard. It's a struggle to do this work at Absolutely the start. I'm right. saying that the, the overall it, it's a whole mind of, shift. Exactly, the yes. journey of you coming into your full power finally and your true potential, and then being able to really actualize it. That is a struggle, but it's a worthy struggle, and ultimately it gains momentum. It's a success pattern. So you'll just get stronger and stronger at it. Whereas the other struggle most of us are in, it makes you weaker and weaker. Yeah. It so, feels, it feels like a more solid foundation that you're building on. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's a found, it's a real foundation. Yeah. Whereas most people's lives are built on shifting sand right? because their foundation is something outside of them, someone else. So, so yeah, so it's all within us. I call that the great reversal. And then you get the realization that therefore whatever's missing in our life is what we're not giving, what we're not bringing to our life, whether it's a job, a relationship, what we think is missing. And we're often waiting to get it from someone or we're striving to get it from someone or we're trying to prove ourselves to get it. That's the thing we have to actually start bringing. The first thing we have to bring it to is to ourselves. So like in the most simple example, like this is an exercise you guys can do today, start doing Look at a, a situation, a relationship you're in right now, personal, professional, where you know, you're like, something's missing. Like they're not valuing you, they're not appreciating you, they're not respecting you, and you're either withholding and waiting to, for that to happen before you really start showing up excellently or loving, or you are reacting and you're angry, whatever. And now take that quality, let's say it's, it's love and respect. 
and just simply ask yourself, if I totally loved, valued, and respected myself, how would I show up then? If I totally loved, valued, and respected myself, how would I show up to this relationship, this job? What new level of excellence or generosity or whatever would I begin to bring? How would I take care of myself differently? If I gave it to myself, if I knew that I was that, and if you really sincerely ask that question, what you'll discover is that you start activating this new level of power within you, this new level of freedom within you and fulfillment, and it starts to change your environment and ultimately you grow out of limited environments or the environment will rise to start meeting you at that new level. And so whatever you're waiting for, you're actually waiting with and you're weighing it down. And that's why this is also, I like to say, it's the great weight loss program. (laughs) But there's another whole aspect of this that I know our listeners are asking, which is a huge question. What does this have to do with money? Absolutely. It's a great question. The first thing, if we can talk a little bit about and really unpack the story of money, because I want you guys to understand money is just a story, first of all. And money is just a symbol of wealth. It is not wealth. You know, if you think that dollar bill is wealth, actual wealth, meanwhile, while you're sleeping and the government is printing more dollars, that dollar just became worth less. Or that thing you get every week that you call your salary, which you think means money, has nothing, the word salary has nothing to do with money. It comes from an ancient Roman term because they paid the Romans in salt. And so they paid them in salt, so they called it salary, as in saliva, as in that's the root of, oh. of, of the word salary. Yeah. You, think, you think currency, the thing you have in your bank or that you pay or that circulates, has to do with money, has nothing to do with money. It comes from the root of that same root as current, which means flow or circulation. Or the word affluent, which you think is money. You're rich, you're affluent. Nope, has nothing to do with money. It means to flow. So we start to see that money, currency, affluence, salary, all these terms and things we think are a description of wealth are only a description of the process of wealth, which is all about circulation and flow, and a symbol of wealth. And so you look at something like the, the, the word, the love of money, the, the, the phrase love of money is the root of all evil, which has created a lot of guilt and baggage, right. and all kinds of nonsense. Well, the reason is we don't understand what it meant. But what it's saying is the love of the symbols of wealth. The love of the symbols of wealth is what causes all the problems. If you think those dollars are your source or the job or the boss, what's going to happen? Look at what happens in our economy when we believe that. When there suddenly is news that there's a problem, people start hoarding their symbols, aka their dollars, and what happens to the economy? It stagnates. Now, there's no shortage of wealth. The the apples haven't stopped growing on the trees. The squirrels haven't stopped collecting nuts and everything's still working. There's still as much wealth as there ever was, but there's no more circulation. There's no more current, and so there's less currency. And so, even during the time of the Great Depression, there was no lack of food. In fact, there was so much over surplus, they had to deliver it down to the ocean in trucks and trains and burn it. The problem wasn't wealth, it was circulation. And the lack of circulation was because of people's consciousness or mindset, because they believed these outer symbols, jobs, people, whatever, was the source. So that saying is telling us 
When you believe something outside of you, the dollar bills, the bank, the balance in your bank account, whatever, is your wealth, you're screwed because you'll create all kinds of evil or negative or limited reactions and results. Or look at an example like the fruit tree, and I do talk about that in the book too, you know. The fruit of the tree is not the wealth of the tree. That's like akin to dollars. That's why when all the fruit's gone, the farmer doesn't cut the tree down and say it's broke. It knows it's just as wealthy and in due season it'll produce a harvest. So where's the wealth of the tree? It's like the goose and the golden egg. Where's the wealth of the goose? It's not the golden eggs because they cut the goose open and there's no gold in there. <laughs> it's the invisible mechanism in the goose, in the tree, that allows it to turn the raw soil into sap, flower, blossom, marble, and fruit. And, and by the way, they even did a study where they put a tree in a tub, measured the volume of the soil, grew fruit, took the tree out, shook off the remaining soil, measured the volume of soil, same volume. So the tree hadn't even taken and used up the dirt to deliver the fruit. It's producing it out of this invisible something that actually we don't really understand. But I will tell you, it's the same in something that all of creation happened in the Big Bang. There was nothing and then there was everything. So we are wealth creating machines. We are literally wealth creating power plants. Meaning, what is a power plant? It doesn't receive the energy from the world. It doesn't even have it necessarily. It generates it. And in fact, you know, the word human comes from a Sanskrit term, ancient Sanskrit, MN for man, that means the dispenser of divine gifts. So that's what we are. We are literally these wealth power plants, these wealth machines. But we have to begin to do that great reversal and stop seeking it in somebody else. Stop making it our job and our boss. Stop looking at your bank account and determine based on your balance, your self-worth and even your potential net worth and what you think you can go on and invest in and start doing. I, well, I really enjoy the analogy about turning on your divine power plant. I just think that that whole analogy, you know, mom calls me a uh, sloppy Joe eating machine. I never thought of myself as a divine power plant that that was feeding. Yeah. So I told her it just takes a lot of sloppy Joes, you know? I mean, there you go. You got to exactly. do what you got to do, right? So some of us do need to, you know, feed ourselves sloppy Joes <laughs> right. to start generating a product. That's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the, the, the promise of this premise is that no matter what situation you've been through, no matter what conditions you're currently facing, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in the job from hell or you are, your business isn't have enough clients or your bank account doesn't have enough dollars. That is not a signal or a sign of how wealthy you are. That's what I really want people to get. Because if you believe that, you're going to operate different. You're either going to struggle and strive and push and almost die like I did, or you're going to just not go for it because you're judging based on that appearance. And that would be like the farmer, again, looking at the field of trees and all the fruit is gone and going, well, I'm screwed. Let's burn the field. Yeah. That's the big promise here, that wherever you guys are right now, when you understand how to turn this plant on, power plant, then you can start generating this energy and I've done, this is not theory. None of, none of this is theory. And also none of this is woo woo new age gobbledygook. That's why I'm using a lot of natural principles. I mean, the core principle of circulation, this, that's the key to wealth is circulation. Or I remember another example of like a real estate guy and a activist walking down the street in a city and they go past a broken down lot 
And the activist is so angry, so heartbroken. Look at this city. Look at what it's come to. Look at those kids playing in the dirt. This is terrible. It's horrible. I'm going to go fight for the justice and the rights of people and went off down the street angry. And the real estate guy looks at the empty lot and goes, hmm. Cut to a few years later, beautiful hotel. It's employing a bunch of people, creating tons of tax revenue for the city, jobs, opportunity. It's now beautified. Where's the activist? Still pissed off, still angry, you know, still posting on his blog about how terrible life is. Now, again, I'm not saying you shouldn't be an activist or that you should be a capitalist. The point is one of them was stagnating. One of them was not circulating or generating from an abundant place. One of them was seeing the cup empty and broken. The other one was circulating and generating and creating and expanding. And so the result was there was incredible current, there was a strong circuit, and there was lots of currency. If you're holding on to your dollars right now because you don't think the economy's good or the government's good or you don't know if your business idea is going to work out and you don't want to invest in your education and your growth, you are like the fruit tree and the farmer going, I better hold on to this fruit because uh, you never know, there may not be another season. And what happens to the fruit? It rots. The branch stagnates and the tree dies. Yeah, I had a, I, I had a mentor one time, Derek, call it uh, limited pie mentality versus unlimited pie mentality, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You have, you have the zero sum game or the infinite sum right. game. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because the infinite sum game seems to be irrational. Like if you really dig in, you go, oh, that's irrational. But that's, but that's the only approach that works. You hang on to the little bit of pie you have now. You never grow the pie. You never create anything. You never go anywhere. The book's called The Abundance Project, uh, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, Love, and Happiness. And we we just really began, but like you've been saying, you go through the nuts and bolts of all this, and we can get the book, I'm, I'm assuming we can get it anywhere, right, Derek? You can get it anywhere, but you can also go to theabundanceprojectbook.com. Awesome. Okay. And when you get it there, you'll get over $1,200 in bonus live coaching support, mastermind support, so that you can really take the book and not just have more shelf help you know, where you put the book on a shelf and walk by it every once in a while and go, look at that pretty book. Aren't I a smart intellectual? I feel like you're looking specifically at me when you say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. You know, right. um, but uh, if the book cover fits, no. But, right. um, so yeah, you go there, you're going to get real support so you can take this work, get, create your own abundance project over the next 40 days or so and really get results. I'm all about results. I know I like to go down the rabbit hole and talk about these big concepts, but I also like to pick up the rocks, look what's underneath them, look at the numbers, have a real plan and take bold and consistent action because knowledge is not power. Knowledge acted on and activated, that's the only power you're going to have. So I don't know. Are we almost out of time right now or yeah, do we have yeah, another? No, actually, I, uh, we are way out of time. Okay, but the, good. <laughs> the, the, an abundance of, I have an abundance of more things to share with you, you guys. Totally, that's why we totally have to have you back, Derek. I wish you had some energy. If you had some energy, you'd be the complete guy, but I don't know. I, Right. Pull the string on my back and then just, <laughs> I just, just stop talking. Uh, by the way, they can also check out, I do have a podcast also called The Abundance Project. Awesome. Um, and they can check that out. There's a dozen or more trainings on there as well. So they can order the book at theabundanceprojectbook.com. 
and then listen to the podcast until it comes. Awesome. And you know what? If you're walking the dog or you're out on your morning run or wherever you might be going to work, coming home from work, we'll have the link on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Derek, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I really appreciate it. It's truly my been my honor and lots of fun, man. Hey there, trivia nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And boy, oh boy, I am so ready for spring, aren't you? I cut my pants into shorts, made my new tinfoil sun reflector, dusted off the chase lounge from the attic, and I'm headed to the neighborhood pool in my new American flag designed swim trunks as soon as I'm finished with today's trivia. So let's get to it, shall we? Here's today's question. We all know that most tornadoes occur in the spring, but here's a better question. Which season is known for the fewest tornadoes? I'll have the answer as soon as I go sneak sunscreen out of Joe's mom's picnic basket. Thanks to Upstart for supporting Stacky Benjamins. You know, the New Year's luster might have worn off, guys, but there's still plenty of time to make this, this the year you get your personal finances on track. It's time to take a step forward toward financial freedom and take two minutes to check out Upstart. Quick and easy, Upstart's rate check is free. Checking has no effect on your credit score, and you can receive your money as soon as the very next business day upon approval. It's funny. We've had so many people on the show. I'm thinking of Eddie Lamb uh, was one of those people who knows a lot about money, has what he thought was a great, great reliability toward paying off loans, and yet denied during the process. Just so frustrating when that happens. Perhaps you were denied for a loan from a bank, or you were approved, but your rate is astronomical. Say goodbye to the traditional loan process, and hello to our sponsor, Upstart. Simply put, they've reimagined the personal lending industry. They know you're a ton more than just a FICO score. And that's why they take into account factors that banks and credit unions just don't when determining your credit worthiness, rewarding you for things like job history and education in the form of a smarter interest rate. So go online, take two minutes to find out your upstart rate. Two minutes. As I mentioned earlier, checking is free and won't affect your credit. Plus, once you're approved, your loan will be funded the very next business day. So you need to pay off credit cards, pay off student loans, you name it. And a personal loan from Upstart can help. Hurry to upstart.com slash SB to find out how low your Upstart rate is. That's upstart.com slash SB. Disclaimer, loans are offered by Cross River Bank and New Jersey State Chartered Commercial Bank. Restrictions apply. For details, visit upstart.com slash SB. Hey, stackers, I'm sure you know by now that both my spouse Cheryl and I use M1 Finance for our personal investments. That doesn't make it right for you. You should do your own homework. We'll call that our disclaimer here up top. But recently, we've had exciting news from the team at M1 Finance. They've announced they're now a completely free-to-use investing platform. You heard that right. No fees, no commissions outside of the investments themselves. I sat down with Brian Barnes, CEO and founder, and asked what made him decide to make M1 Finance free. We believe in the future, all investing platforms will be free. So it was a decision to get ahead of the curve. It's obviously beneficial for the customer who will save money and be able to invest more. For M1, we have other sources of revenue, which were greater than the fee we charge. So the more people using M1, the better for us as well. So how about that? No fees, no commissions, just you with more money to save and in control of your portfolio. They'll even invest fractional shares for you. You take the wheel or have them invest in a professionally managed approach like some of the robo companies out there. It takes only a minute to sign up. Start by heading over to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash M1 finance. 
M1 Finance, be invested. Hey, trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and Joe's mom is also excited about summer. She told me I should just go ahead and rip the sleeves off my shirts for a better tan like she has. That lady's a walking fashionista. I'm going to go do that next, but first, let's deliver your trivia answer, shall we? Here was the question again. While we all know that most tornadoes occur in the spring, which season is known for the fewest tornadoes? If you said that's fall... It's time to fall on your palms because that's not the right answer. It's winter. Did you get it right? Go high-five yourself and join me down to the neighborhood pool where I'm headed right now. See ya. Thanks to Derek Rydell for coming down to the basement. And I know you he's preaching to the choir with you, man, that the key to your success is right inside you. You don't got to look for other people for validation. Look to Look to you. But sometimes, sometimes you need a little pick me up, right? You know, <laughs> so it's good to, it's good, it's good to hear that, Hey, you've got this. You do. You, know? you do. And I think he's exactly right. I found that a lot lately I've been looking for outside. And I think like he talked about with social media, we often oh, go, gosh. go, Hey, uh, look, I'm, I'm, so I'm not. People only post the good stuff on social media. That's why. Well, do you see those studies that people post good times they're not actually having? Oh, no, I didn't, but that's awesome. Yes. I'm going to start doing that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create an Instagram page about all the stuff that I'm not doing. That you're not doing. But I wish I was. No, but these pictures with people and their families around them and they all have this big smile and it's like either right after or right before a fight. You know, it's like they're, hey, everybody smile. Oh, we're having a great time. And then they, you know, the flash goes off and then, oh, no, you shut you up. At like Ferrari dealerships, like, hey guys, just in the neighborhood. <laughs> With all this like suggestive right. wording. Right. Right. Like your Ty Lopez like, or something. Yeah. Like look, right. at, <laughs> look at this new house build. Right. You know, hashtag oceanfront. Hey, let's throw out David Lifeline OG and tackle some of life's or rather life insurance's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they've been disrupting the life insurance industry by focusing on what you value most. I think you call the the life insurance industry. Not not like slurring my insurance. What'd you have, too many coffees this morning? I I am on my second cup of coffee, which is a a little jittery. How many do you usually have? It's a slippery slope, sometimes three. So, yeah, yeah, I'm at 20 ounces. I know I can't do more than 20 ounces a day, and no, and no, none after 11 a.m. I've been known to drink coffee at 5 p.m. But what are the two things you value most besides your 20 ounces of coffee? coffee. Uh, I'm gonna go since it's spring. I'm going uh, uh, the, the new TaylorMades. Just saying, if anybody's in the mood to share with OG, you know, twist face, it looks awesome. Just saying, and uh, coffee, blue skies, yeah, it's daffodils. It, it is your and baseball. It's your uh, family and your time. And of course, if as soon as you can teach those kids to be better golfers, OG, that's better for you, right? It's why they created a simple way to buy affordable and dependable term life insurance online. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free estimate for coverage and learn about life insurance the modern way. Let's say a big hello to uh, today's caller uh, who's going to remain anonymous. Hey, just wondering why Joe's been so tough on OG lately. It's been coming through in some of the podcasts, a little bit of an edge. 
Not the good kind. <laughs> Be nice to OG Joe. <laughs> I swear to God. Or that's, I will cut you. <laughs> I swear that's mom. That is that is mom, like coming through the vent. I hear you picking on OG again. Stop doing that. Did you guys used to do that in your house? Could you yell through the vents? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and or here through the vents. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. here here through the vents was a better one. My my parents would yeah. have a real a real humdinger argument. My brother, yeah, a little, little little discussion, little adult <laughs> discussion, and your ears right to the vent. My brother and I are right on it, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do we have an edge? I, I don't think so. Are have you, you, are have, you? Have you been purposefully a jackwagon to me? I mean, you seem normal, the jackwagony as usual. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Not lately. But but I love the descriptions of us as an old married couple because you and I have known each other for so damn long. There probably are times when I'm just teed off at you. But I got to yeah. say, you're very good at giving it back to me. We've had days where we show up here in the basement. And you clearly don't want to be here. Does everybody go to work every day with a smile on their face? Of course not. Right. OGs only happens on days that end in Y. But besides, besides that. I'm usually quite cheery. I'm the cheery one of the group anyway. <laughs> Out of the three of us, for sure. But you'll have to admit, I'm much more cheery now than I used to be. Yeah, you are way more cheery yeah, okay. than right. you used to be. Yes. I used to, yeah, way yes. cheerier. Yes, totally agree. Uh, somebody took themselves a little seriously before and kind of uh, doesn't do that as much anymore. I think. Well, that was a little backhanded, but all right. <laughs> nice, nice compliment, I guess. I don't know. What is that supposed to be? We're going to get another, another. Somebody used to be way fatter than they are right now. <laughs> We're going to get another note from Anonymous. See what I mean? Right there, Joe. Yeah. Right there. Thanks for the note. I'll try to be nice to OG. Um, but, and I'll uh, try to be nice to you. I'm surprised nobody calls in about how we treat Doug. Like after all these years, nobody. Uh, thanks for the note. We also get letters down here in the basement. By the way, we we would have sent anonymous one of our fantastic uh, greatest money show on earth T-shirts. One of which I'm wearing today. She can still write in and say, "Hey, that was me." Yeah. Of course, we won't know who it is. It could be just anybody. Ready? <laughs> that was right. mine. I want my free T-shirt. You get like a hundred emails. That was me. I swear to God, that was me. Yeah. I, I think that train has uh, left the building. But mm-hmm. if you call into the Haven Lifeline, you get one of Shannon sends you out one of these. And now that we've got our codes, man, we've been catching up in a hurry with sending out overdue shirts. Today's letter comes to us from Win. Uh, Doug just brought down the mail. This is uh, Win Charles asking this. Uh, she's got a great show called Ask Win that I was I was lucky to be on. OG, her show features conversations with people making a difference in the world. I'm not sure that I am, but I was happy to uh, pretend like I was for one episode of the Ask Win show. She has spent her entire life not allowing cerebral palsy to stop her from achieving her goals. And she created the program to provide a platform so that others out there can share their wisdom and encourage listeners to make their lives the best that they can be. But anyway, glad we got this note from Wynn. Wynn says she's 30 years old and doesn't have a 401k, but she thinks she should get one. Her job won't give her one because she's a teacher's aide. As she said many times on her show, she's on Medicaid, which she calls a dance in itself. Uh, But her main question is uh, she wants to pull her investments of certificates of deposit and is wondering how to start up a 401k when you're technically not working for somebody else. Can you do that? I don't think you can, but I think you certainly can do some other things, Win. So you can't start up your 401k at work if they're not going to allow you to do it. 
But if you can kind of take your side business and turn that into having an option for a retirement plan. And there's a couple of different options there. That's the, uh, you know, there's an individual 401k, which uh, works just like a regular 401k. Um, you could use a simple IRA or a SEP or, or just even a traditional IRA yeah. uh, or, or a Roth. All have different kind of cost structures. Some cost a little bit more to manage and maintain. IRAs and Roths, of course, are darn near free, you know, depending on where you put them. So, but that's step one is is deciding whether or not you can use a SEP or a simple or an individual 401k. If you've got a side hustle, you know, you've got the podcast there, but if you've got, you know, something that's going to, uh, to be able to, to defer some income there, if not, then just a traditional IRA or Roth is going to work really well because anybody can contribute to those. The other thing you want to be, make sure of, of course, is make sure that whatever you choose to do doesn't run afoul of any of your Medicare, Medicaid, uh, eligibility things. So you want to check with, uh, you know, check with an attorney or a CPA on that as well. And like Wynn said, that is a dance. That is a whole oh, different gosh. dance. It's, I've known a few people that have had to go into the Medicare system or Medicaid system, and it's, uh, it's tough. Thanks for the note, Win. I appreciate it. And thanks again for having me on the uh, Ask Win Show. That was uh, very nice. It's very nice when people ask me to go on their podcast. And his mom, I don't know why they would. But. I, well, his mom says every time I, I leave to go on somebody's podcast, she says, now don't ruin it, Joe. Like, like no pressure there. Don't break a leg. She doesn't say that. Oh, it's going to be great. It's good. She's like, don't ruin their show. My uh, middle child went on a camping trip with some friends and I said, hey, what's dad's number one rule? He goes, always go somewhere with your swim buddy. I'm like, yes, that is, that is a good rule. What's dad's number two rule? <laughs> he goes, I don't remember. Dad's number two rule is make sure dad looks like a good parent. Right. <laughs> Reality doesn't matter. You know, don't be the one that everybody goes, boy, they, they must get, those kids must get away with everything at their house. Oh, there's those kids on every camping trip. Yeah, not mine. Every single Boy Scout, not be mine. Boy Scout and Cub Scout camping trip I went on with uh, my kids, I was, I was thinking, oh, man, what's up with, the, with those kids? Thanks for the question. If you've got uh, questions for the show, by the way, the Haven Lifeline's the place to go. We are now again... After being way, way, way full of Haven Life letters, uh, we're now running out. So you want the uh, greatest money show on earth shirt? My One of my favorite of Brad Lark's designs. Head to stackingbenjamins.com and you'll see across the top of the page questions. Click that link and guess what? You'll see all the ways you can interface with us. Hey, that's going to do it for today, but uh, just a couple more quick things. Number one, coming up on Wednesday, get this. Kiplinger just had a piece with the Academy Awards being a couple weeks ago, OG, of the greatest lessons from Academy Award nominated films of all time. We're going to talk to the editors at Kiplinger Magazine about some of the lessons we can learn from movies and probably, and maybe more fun, remember some movies that either we really like that we want to watch again, or maybe pick up some suggestions for new movies that are fun to watch and maybe give us some money inspiration. So that's coming up on Wednesday on uh, the Stacking Benjamin Show. Thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this show. And also, if it's time for you to have better money help in your corner, OG's taking clients. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG for a link to his calendar and to see what the next steps are for you and your money. All right, that's going to do it today. Doug, last farewell of uh, winter 2018. What should we have learned today? 
So what did we learn today? First, take some advice from Derek Rydell. Stop looking at social media for inspiration and affirmation that you can reach your goal. For the vast majority of us, everything we need for abundance is right between our ears. Go get it. Second, whether you're approaching retirement or not, having a plan where you start with the end in mind is a fantastic idea. But the big lesson? Don't jump the gate at the pool for a big swim just because tomorrow's the first day of spring. Turns out, under the pool cover, there's only about a foot of water and what I'm pretty sure were mini baby Ruth bars. Yeah, pretty sure, pretty sure. That was a bummer. Special thanks to Derek Rydell for joining us. You'll find his book, The Abundance Project, wherever books are sold. But if you head to AbundanceBookProject.com, He'll throw in a bunch of extras you'll want to check out for yourself. Thanks also to Bob, the neighborhood pool manager, for not telling Joe's mom I jumped the fence to go swimming. Apparently, that's frowned upon. Lesson learned. When you're done messing around with us, who do you want to teach you some money tricks? That nerd who talks over your head or your favorite basement-based geeks? Kathleen Selmans operates our Stacking Benjamins classroom. And to make up for the fact that we don't teach you anything here on the show, she's created a whole lot of tools you'll absolutely love. Head to learn.stackingbenjamins.com for details. And use coupon code DOUGROCKS for 10% off. Yeah, you're welcome. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Well, I missed this film until just before the Academy Awards a couple of weeks ago, and I literally had to pause it, literally, and I'm saying that phrase correctly, had to pause it just before the awards started so I could see which of the films that, because as you know, I've seen most of them.
uh, were actually the winners, but I have 40 minutes to go, and then I watched it as soon as the Academy Awards are over. This is a film uh, called Mudbound. Violence is part and parcel of country life. I learned how to stitch up a bleeding wound, load and fire a shotgun. My hands did these things, but I was never easy in my mind. Way down in the water. I held his heartbeat in my head. Way down in the hall. All that time he was gone, I only prayed for him. Over there, I was a liberator. People lined up in the streets waiting for us. Sometimes I actually miss it. Yeah, me too. I'm coming back from the fire. You're the one I always talk about. I own and I own parts are the only way to get up from under that foot. Crawling back from the sky. I don't want you working for them. I won't be working for them. I'll be working for us. Coming back to fight for my country to come back and find ahead and change a bit. I don't know what they let you do over there, but you in Mississippi now, you use the back door. Boy, you found trust. Jamie saw in a different way. And when his eyes were on me, I felt like I was no longer invisible. I seen you sniffing after him. Maybe Henry is too thick to notice, but I ain't. You better open your eyes, big brother. You're so busy worrying about yourself and your farm, you can't even see your own wife is miserable. This movie is uh, an indie movie through and through. It was brought to the screen by uh, Netflix uh, stars, a bunch of people who you've seen before. It's funny. It's one of those movies that most of the stars in it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I know that guy. Yet when I tell you the names, most of them you you won't know. Uh, uh, Jason Clark stars in this movie. He's played good guys and bad guys in about five billion movies that you've seen. I'll give you a few of them, OG, because I'm sure you've seen uh, something that Jason... Now, the name Jason Clark, does that ring a bell? Uh, nope. He was in uh, Winchester that just came out. He was in Dawn of Planet of the Apes. He was okay. in Zero Dark Thirty in Everest, Terminator Genesis, White House Down, The Great Gatsby, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and more. Also starring uh, Jason Mitchell, uh, Garrett Hedlund, Carrie Mulligan is in this movie. Uh, you know her, but uh, I think the big name that a lot of people know, she was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress and also uh, wrote one of the nominees for Best Song, uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, plays in this film. Uh, uh, this this story is a story of two families. Uh, uh, one family is white, one family who's black in Mississippi uh, around the time of World War II. Both of them have a son that goes off to World War II where they're seen as liberators. And of course, they come back to the Old South and people treated uh, people of a different race a little differently then when they got home. And yet the two guys who were in World War II together had this uh, special bond and uh, the movie kind of revolves around, around that and around the events that happen around that. I won't give away anything that happens in the movie, but like a lot of dramas, it's, it's historical, it's frustrating and it is, uh, it's pretty gripping. So it's a long movie. Um, and because it's so painful uh, from the beginning to the end, it just, it just, you know, the, 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 the term mudbound really is a double entendre that these families are going through the mud together, you know? Sure, there's a lot of mud on these farms in Mississippi, but they're going through the mud together. And uh, uh, really, it's a great ride. It was a dark ride. Not as dark as Moonlight last year. Like, Moonlight's the kind of movie that wins the Academy Award that I go, yeah, I, I'm not sure whether... 
uh, that movie's made for the average moviegoer. Certainly a great film, but not the kind of movie OG that I can recommend to a, to a wide audience just because it's so dark and it's so painful. And uh, this movie, I think, made for a much wider audience. So Mudbound, thumb up, qualified thumb up, but cool. uh, certainly, certainly something I think that uh, a lot of people would like. All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Thanks a ton for listening, everybody. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, you crack me up. So we should we should talk about what's been going on the whole time here before we go. Uh, so OG just got a new Peloton bike. And I've sat here watching you grimace every time you move. Every time you move a muscle, I watch you grimace. <laughs> no, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> you are clearly not all right. All right, I got to go. All right, later. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate take a look at all the military appreciation month offers and their usual offers navy federal our members are the mission navy federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender